0: everybody, welcome to the She Said What podcast with your host, Alyssa Harper, that's me. I hope you guys are doing well, I hope you're having a lovely day. Today we are going to be talking about gut health, obviously we're going to be talking about what even is gut health, should you care about it, how can you heal it or simply optimize it for better health. A lot of what I'm going to be sharing today is information that I have learned personally through research, whether that's been reading or listening to podcasts or personally speaking to these healthcare professionals. Some of them include GI tract specialists, hormone specialists, psychologists, nutritionists. So there's a whole bunch of people in there. And of course, all of these people um, that I could specifically remember will be linked in the description as well for you guys. So on top of anything I already knew personally, because obviously this is an interest of mine and something that you will learn has been like a bit of a journey for me in this podcast. You'll hear all about it, but... I went ahead and I researched a little bit more thoroughly in the last little while just to prepare myself for this episode so I could give you guys all of the juicy details so you really had everything you needed to understand this topic as a whole and to kind of figure out where you can go about implementing things in your life to make your gut health overall healthier and to better your life overall when it comes to your health. So saying that, let's get into it. All right. So when we talk about gut health, we talk about a lot of things that can be very confusing, and I found it quite difficult when I first started looking into gut health and what that means and why everyone's talking about probiotics and kombucha. And I didn't understand how all of it made sense together. And I want you to know that I personally don't even fully understand how it all works. Like I really, I have a pretty good grasp of how um, gut health works and understanding like what is going to help our gut health, but it takes like proper years and years and years in training and like really understanding this to understand all of the little tiny little bits of what's going on inside of our tummies where our gut is. But obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably don't have heaps and heaps of prior knowledge. You probably aren't a GI tract specialist. I would hope not because you should already know this. And I think it's good that I can present it to you this way because I want you to understand it as well as I do at least, so that you can make choices in your life to actually work towards it. Like that's kind of the goal out of this whole thing is yes, for you to understand it, but of course for you to be able to make changes that will help your whole life. And that's kind of something I do in my podcast in general is I want to give you guys really practical tips so you can actually better your, your overall life and your health and the way you think and the way you see yourself, all those things I want to see kind of upscaling and just getting better because you're listening to this podcast. So hopefully the podcast has done that for you so far. But anyways, before we actually get into the topic, I'm going to do a quick little segment that I always do at the start of my podcasts where I talk about a very honest thought. And my very honest thought for this week is basically just that I've realized that I can be quite a bit of a people pleaser. And I mean, I think Everyone can be this to some extent. I think women really struggle with it. It's a very classic like thing to struggle with as a woman because a lot of the time you go up with the females in your life being the ones that are meant to be like the caregiver and that's kind of like obviously it's very stereotypical. It's very like gender role but it can be quite ingrained into like women in general. So I know that to be true for me. Um, I think what was interesting about this, though, is this week when I had this thought, when something came up and I was like, oh, God, they want me to do this or like I should probably do this, um, even though I don't want to do that thing. Um, I think something I realized is what actually helped me through that thought was knowing my goals and knowing kind of like my set of what I was trying to do in general, with my life and who I am and all those things beforehand. Like, I think if you know that you struggle with being a people pleaser, then it's really good for you to know your values and to know your goals. Because then when someone says, hey, do you want to go do this thing? Or do you want to buy this thing? Or do you want to, you know, start this project or whatever? You can like look at your goals. You can look at your morals and kind of your set of what you're looking at in life. And you can say, okay, cool. Does it fit? Like, does that thing that is being proposed to come into my life now, does that thing fit within what I've created for myself? And if it doesn't, it's so much clearer to you to not include it. Like, it is so much clearer to you when you should and shouldn't make certain choices. And I think, again, if you're someone who struggles with being a people pleaser, which can then cause you to struggle with making choices, um, that's a really... Good, like little tip. I guess that's a little free tip for you there. But it's just something that's come up this week for me specifically. And I didn't really necessarily realize that I had growth in that area. And I wasn't necessarily trying to have growth in that area. I think just naturally as I've been working on myself and I've been growing my set of values and understanding myself more and more every day, that thing has actually naturally grown with me, which is kind of cool. So know for you guys as well, that anytime you spend working on yourself and who you are and really like building up what you see when you picture yourself and what qualities you want to see in yourself and where you see yourself in a year, a five years, 10 years, all those kinds of things, like spending time building that structure and building that mindset and that image of yourself can be so powerful and can actually really help you to level up in the way that you make choices and you talk to people and you work with people in your relationships. Like it can be so empowering. So Anyways, that's my very honest thought for this week. Don't forget to do something today at some point to work on yourself in the future, something that's going to benefit you in the future. Make sure you do one thing, even just one thing today that can help future you, and future you will literally thank you later. So when we talk about gut health, we're gonna be talking a lot about diet. But right now, unfortunately, There is a huge gap in our healthcare system where doctors aren't asking us about our diets and we aren't really looking to food to help heal us and to help prevent disease. And a lot of people don't even really know that food can help prevent disease or can even help heal in many circumstances. Like so many people don't even know that. And to me, that is so alarming but obviously, just because you don't know how to heal yourself naturally from the earth doesn't mean that it's your fault. When we look historically, it was in 1928, we discovered penicillin, which that spun out into obviously us learning to use pills and procedures and all these things when it comes to our health care. Like, this is actually so new in comparison to when we look at all of history and as a healthcare system, we've become really, really reliant on pills and procedures. And there's this doctor, everybody calls him Dr. B, but on Instagram, um, he's under the gut health MD. So you might've heard of him, but I listened to a podcast, actually another podcast recently, where he said this quote and he basically explained this whole thing and hearing it out of the mouth of an actual doctor who can say like that he agrees with this point of view, I think is so valuable and I really wanted to share with you guys. so I'm literally going to read this quote from him. I don't normally do this, but like it's just he put it perfectly. So here it is. He said, We've lost sight of prevention. We've lost sight of the root problem, which is diet and lifestyle. When it comes to nutrition, medical schools don't provide the education that doctors need. And then doctors go out into the workforce and they're not paid to talk about it. Obviously, it is diet. He says, it easily costs me six figures per year because I could spend half as much time with my patients and see twice as many patients. But instead, I choose to have conversations with patients that I'm not being paid for which is insane. (laughs) And I love that there are doctors like him who are willing to talk about it, but are also definitely acknowledging the fact that the way the healthcare system is set up right now, it doesn't give us a lot of space to talk about things like our gut health, which is very, very intertwined with our diet. And that's what we're gonna be talking about a lot today, obviously. So how can we get to a place where we're more focused on prevention instead of waiting for a diagnosis to start eating better food and the food that our body really needs to detoxify and heal and do all these functions that we're meant to be able to do? Um, Dr. Michael Greger, who is the founder of nutritionfacts.org, he's also the author of How Not to Die, um, which is a really popular book on nutrition. He always says this, like, why wait for something to go wrong to then start eating healthy? Like, why wait to have diabetes or to be overweight or to have some sort of cancer diagnosis, like why wait for that moment to then start eating better and exercising and taking care of your body? Like it's just such a strange mindset that I think we've taken on as a society. And if we think we're fine, then we're fine. And then that's it. But what we want to be doing is changing now and doing it for optimal health. Like do it to optimize our health. And that can be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Like we are so holistic as a human, we we have so many parts of us. If I'm emotionally more available, then I'm going to be able to heal certain areas of my life and I'm gonna be more open. And if I'm more physically healthy, I'm gonna be much more, able to work on the spiritual part of myself because I'm not having to be hyper focused on the physical side of myself and everything just intertwines. I think it's so important that we recognize that. Secondly, I think the way that we can begin to focus more on prevention and changing our healthcare system really is creating a demand for it in the healthcare system. And I've heard quite a few people say this as well. Like, and we see it now, we see it in the things that we have already done. Like if you go ask your doctor about nutrition, see how they respond, like you will see what I mean and um, for example like Georgetown the university um, they have integrated teaching doctors how to cook so they can talk to patients about it and like that's a really good step that we have taken for example in this direction because there has been a demand for it and if patients are demanding specific answers or they're constantly asking their doctors about nutrition then they're going to have to add it to the curriculum. And we're already seeing that happening. So if you want to play a specific role in helping this move forward, then that is like the number one thing. The next time you're a doctor or something's going on, say, Hey, and also what can I eat right now to support myself in this? And they genuinely, they might be knowledgeable on it and that would be amazing. And then you can stick with that doctor, like bless the Lord. That would be amazing. And then if not, you can have a moment of reflection and see, wow, okay, this is something I do want to see change. And over time with more people can make such a change when it comes to the overall curriculum and what things look like on a wider scale. Let's talk about what is a gut microbiome? What is gut health? What is like, what even is that? What are we talking about here? So we all have a unique gut microbiome. Sometimes you will hear people say gut or microbiome, or gut microbiome together, but we're basically talking about the same thing. We have 38 trillion microbes. (laughs) To visualize this, picture the amount of stars in the Milky Way. It's 100 Milky Ways, so you have a lot of microbes, okay? The most central important thing to human health is your gut health, and this is definitely something that we have only learned very recently in comparison to history, but it is one of the main, most central things to your health. It controls our digestion. It gives us access to nutrients. 70% of our immune system is in our gut, working with our microbiome. It connects to our metabolism, which obviously connects to our weight, things like that. It connects to our hormones. This is a huge one. So things like endometriosis, PCOS, ovarian cancer, breast cancer have all been connected back to the health of our microbiome. So if you're asking, how can I support my hormones through my gut health? It's simply supporting your gut health. It connects to our brain. It's often called our second brain. So things like anxiety, depression, Parkinson's, autism, ADD, and even our mood can all be connected back to a damaged gut. It also regulates expression of our genetic code, which I find this one so interesting. But basically meaning that our genetics are like a bunch of possibilities and our diet and lifestyle is what determines the expression of these genes. So Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a celebrity doctor who practices as a psychiatrist psychiatrist yes and brain disorder specialist he is a nine-time New York Times selling author and he's like worked with Justin Bieber he's like he's that he's that doctor you know he always talks about this um that our genes are not our future and a lot of people think that like a lot of people say oh you know my mom and my grandma and this person and this person in my family all have arthritis or they all had breast cancer or whatever so they feel doomed like they're gonna have that thing but that's actually not how our genes work. So if you've had those thoughts, then chill out because our genes really are like a bunch of possibilities, but we do choose how they are expressed by what we choose to live by and what our lifestyle actually looks like. So yes, there are many things, including diseases that can be hereditary, and it's good for you to know your family history and to know the disorders and the things that your family has struggled with because it's good for you to have those things kind of on your radar, but it doesn't mean that you're going to have those things. So basically, overall, gut health is one of the most important factors genuinely to your overall health as a human living in this society. Having good Physical health, for example. Can help you want to eat better, like you work out and then you go, oh, I think I want to eat something good and healthy and support, you know, my muscles healing. So you're eating healthier, which then again makes you want to go work out more. And then you're getting around to more people and you're feeling more confident because you have more energy. And then because you're having more energy in the day, you're wanting to sleep better at night. And so you're going to sleep at better times. And then because you have all this extra energy, you're having more time to journal and to work on yourself. And again, the more you work on yourself, the more confidence you have and the more you grow in your relationships, like we are so holistic. We are so, everything is so intertwined. And so I want you to remember that as we're talking about all these things that if you're really specifically going, okay, I really need help with my hormones. Great. Your gut health and bettering your gut health is going to help with that. If you're saying, okay, but my main pinpoint that I really need to work on is my mental health. Great. Start with your gut health. (laughs) If it's a mental health issue, then you want to be going to go see your psychologist, your counselor, whoever's going to help you as well. And you want to go see in that area. And then if you have the hormonal issues that I was talking about before, then you, and you you know, for sure, for sure, for sure, it is hormonal issues. Like it is like to a T, definitely all the symptoms or are hormonal. Then you'd want to go see a hormone specialist or your gynecologist, whoever, again, you think is going to fit the specific issue that you are having. All I'm trying to say is that regardless of what you find your main struggles are, bettering your gut health will only make your overall health better. All right, this is another really interesting question that I feel like I've heard quite a few times, but it's basically why and it's it's a question that I find like you'll hear older people asking normally. You know, or just people that are judgmental. But why is everyone suddenly having health issues, digestion issues, et cetera? Like, are we becoming a more sensitive generation? And I, there's this like really strong negativity around like the younger generations and like, oh, we're so sensitive and like we can't eat anything and like all that kind of stuff. And I hate it because I think it is so ridiculous to make fun of like a generation for being mindful. (laughs) Like, I just think it's so dumb. And when you think of like the dramatic changes that there has been, even in the last hundred years, you can then start to understand like, oh, like that's maybe why. So I'm going to go over that now. So basically it has to do with how our gut microbiome can be affected and manipulated by things that have basically come into play. That weren't basically in play as much before. So there's obviously food is one of them. And then the other one is lifestyle, which is like exercise, sleep, time outdoors, time with other humans and animals, stuff like that. Both of those affect our gut microbiome. And so what I'm going to go over now are the disruptors and things that have a negative effect on your gut. Many of these things are happening in the way that they're happening for the first time in history over the last 100 years. So that kind of explains that question. So number one is fast food and processed food. (laughs) Again, fast food restaurants weren't a thing. Like, You didn't go to McDonald's and eat the exact same burger that someone was eating a bunch of states over or a bunch of countries over. Like that was not a thing. Number two is kind of following after the last one, but produce not being sourced locally and usually being mass produced. A lot of the time with mass production of any product, we see corners being cut. And so there are pesticides and there are things being used in the the fruit and vegetables to make them bigger or pump them them up or help them grow faster or have a better harvested crop, all those things we're seeing because of the mass production a lot of the time. Number three is it's technically the same thing that we don't often know where our milk, where our meat, where even our veggies are coming from. Like we go to the store and we buy it and we buy it wrapped up in a pretty little package with the plastic wrapped around and a little logo and a cute little picture of a chicken. You know, like that's how we buy our food. But for many, many years, like many, many years, people knew their local butcher. People knew their local farmer, their freaking milkman. Like that was a thing not that long ago. Whereas now, like we just don't work that way. And so there's such a disconnect between us and our food and it makes it hard for us to know where it's come from and like what is actually in it. Um, there's also not a lot of clarity and visibility, I think is the word I'm looking for when it comes to labels often. Even like if there's a certain amount of something in um, a certain food, they don't have to list it on the ingredient list, for example, because there's not enough of it, that kind of stuff. Um, I remember when I was maybe like four 13 or 14. I learned that there's like a certain percentage of blood and pus in cow's milk and it's so small obviously that they don't have to say anything about it but that shook me. I was like like nope. <laughs> Number 4, is there were no antibiotics at all as in medicine for humans or as well antibiotics that are often used on animals and that ends up being the animals that we eat so our animal meat. So antibiotics literally just weren't a thing. And obviously now we know, which maybe you didn't know, you're learning right now, that antibiotics can actually be really harmful to your gut health. Number five is that we, we walked more and we drove less and we got more exercise, you know, back in the day, just naturally. Number six is that we used to spend more time being active. Like we didn't have TVs and phones and things to keep us engaged indoors. So we were often outside more. Number seven is that we had less distractions and things to keep us up at night, like it wasn't as easy to stay stimulated mentally up until 4 a.m. back in the day. But now, obviously, it's so easy, like with your phone. And we also have blue light coming into effect, which, of course, wasn't a thing as well. Blue light can affect your circadian rhythms, which obviously affects your sleep. So basically, with all of these things that are now a part of our life, like as much as there are positives to all of you know those things when it comes to having social media and having like a chance for people to learn all the things that they might have not been able to learn like way back in the day. Like there's so many good things as well about the way that we've developed as, you know, a Western society. But there are also a lot of negative things and we can genuinely point out specific things like antibiotics and as much as, you know, they've been helpful in some ways, how they can be hurtful in other ways. Antibiotics, you know, blue light, having things that are stressors and They can distract you to be inside and not go outside and things that disconnect us from other people like social media. There are so many things that we have to deal with now that we didn't have to back in the day. Even to just touch more on the American Standard Diet, like because I know where a lot of you guys are from, you're likely following the literal American Standard Diet or something similar, or you would be around people who are definitely eating this way pretty consistently. And 60% of this diet is processed food, which is plant food a lot of the time where they take the flavor and they remove the fiber, which is crucial to the gut. The other thing is a lot of the time it's about 30% animal product as well, which again is likely mass produced and potentially pumped with antibiotics. So when I talk about trying to eat less animal product, it isn't necessarily because I'm you know sad about the animal's death and all that, although it makes me somewhat uncomfortable and the less I eat meat, the more I'm aware of it. It's really about how it's produced these days. Like people say, we've been eating meat since the start of time. And who are these crazy vegan people suddenly saying it's bad for us? But like, this is why it has to do with how it's actually produced now. I saw a meme, I think (laughs) earlier this week that was like, on earth, there are 80,000 edible plants and y'all keep eating the same four dead animals. But like, isn't that crazy? It's actually so true. When you step back, you're like, okay, wait, maybe they aren't the crazy ones. Like maybe they have a point here. You guys already know this, but I'm not 100% um, vegan, but I really do try to make an effort because I see that there needs to be less of a demand for these industries. And it's like what I mentioned earlier, like creating demand is so important, especially when it comes to even like creating demand for products that are the alternatives to your regular dairy milk product or your meat product. Like I feel like everyone these days are, they're on oat milk or almond milk or whatever, because the demand has gone up and the popularity has gone up. This is why literally you just switching like a few items out in your diet to be plant-based can make a difference because together we're creating demand. And then obviously it's helping your body as well in your future and your health. All right, on to another very commonly asked question, which is, Okay. I am eating healthy. I'm eating 100% healthy. I'm doing all the things, but I'm still having gut issues or I'm still having these like gastro issues, bloating, that kind of stuff. And I think the first thing I should mention is, is it potentially lifestyle choices? Obviously, you know, are you getting enough sleep? Or are you a shift worker who is, you know, obviously not getting enough sleep? That's a really um a big one where it's like there's honestly very little you can do other than change career paths because it really can change your whole your whole overall health when your sleep isn't right. Another one can be too much alcohol, another one can be constantly taking um antibiotics and having to be on it a lot because you're getting sick often, which is what's really hard is sometimes people get into this loop of okay, I have really bad gut health, and so my immunity is really bad, and so I'm getting sick often, so then I have to go take a lot of antibiotics, and then it's ruining my gut health. So... Being able to find ways to naturally heal rather than using antibiotics to get yourself out of that cycle might have to be what happens. Another one is um, obviously eating meat with antibiotics as well. A lot of people will think, oh, like, no, I actually don't get sick and I don't take um, that much medicine or anything, but then they don't realize, oh my gosh, I'm actually eating this meat all the time that I buy and it's actually not from um, a butcher that is creating you know, healthy animals. Another really interesting one, which we could really get into this fully as a a whole podcast, but is a history of trauma. Um, Examples of this would be like, you know, sexual, physical um, assaults, things like that, PTSD um, and disordered eating actually is a really big one and can actually be classified as this history of trauma as well. So, um, really disordered eating can be something that happens on a spectrum. It doesn't have to be that you are diagnosed anorexic or bulimic and you're like super underweight. It can really just be generally having an unhealthy relationship with food. And especially if you've been like a yo-yo dieter um, or like a fad dieter and you've cut out like whole areas in general, like you've cut out all sugar or you've cut out all um, gluten when you didn't really need to, like things like that. Um, can definitely basically communicate to your body that you aren't going to be consuming those things anymore. So you don't need to be prepared to consume those things anymore. And that's where basically your your microbiome can get kind of confused and underprepared to have those things because you aren't having that diversity in your diet, which we'll talk about a little bit after. But I wanted to just continue to talk about trauma here for a second. Even um, for myself, I used to get sick, like constantly. And for long periods of time too, like I would get colds and i just have them for like ever. And when I first moved to Australia, like my, I don't know if my body just couldn't handle the environment. And I think when I look back, I think really that's the thing. Like I had so many things, different types of food, obviously all the, um, meat and everything is going to be done differently here. Like breads, all these different things are going to be different. Like the wheat uh, the environment, all of those things actually genuinely affect the food you have here. Um, and I was just exposed to different things and my immune system was so bad because my My gut health was so bad at the time and I would get sick for so long. Like I had allergies and I had this like chronic cold, like I mentioned earlier. Um, at one point I had this cold and then I had an ear infection. And then because of that, I actually blew one of my eardrums. So (laughs) that was crazy. And then I had, um, crazy bloating and like fatigue, brain fog, like, After a few months of being here, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, which like, you know, was a whole thing. And again, all these things can kind of come up for multiple different reasons. But to me, I think it was just this holistic expression that my body was doing where it was like, sweetheart, you're not doing good. I was on medication for my mental health for a little bit, but I eventually weaned myself off because I really just wanted to do things naturally. And I think at the time, like the medication did serve its purpose. Like it got me back to a decent place mentally where I was then able to go and see the therapist still, you know, continuously, but like do it without medication, which was something I really wanted to work towards. So that's personally, you know, my experience with when I really realized I had like gut health issues and just like proper internal issues, like I didn't know it was gut health at the time. I just knew I had like immunity issues and I knew that my body was kind of like quote unquote messed up because I did have an eating disorder when I was younger and I've, you know, had acid reflux pretty commonly since then. Not as much now, but I really struggled with it for a while to the point that, um, like acid would splash up basically into my esophagus affecting my vocal cords. And I actually had issues with my speaking voice and my singing voice, which is like, it was like full on. So at the time I always just kind of thought like my body was messed up from all of that, but I didn't really know how to start healing. And my gut health was a huge, huge part of that. When it comes to trauma healing specifically, it's a hard thing to kind of say like, here's how you go about fixing it. A lot of people have a lot of different kind of beliefs around this, um, even like spiritually that can kind of tie in. Um, brain spotting is one that is kind of more of a psychologist approach where it's basically reliving the trauma or, you know, picturing the trauma, um, and, asking yourself where you feel it in your body. That's a really interesting one. Obviously you want to do that with a psychiatrist and like in a safe space. Um, another one, you know, obviously if you believe in this would be like energy healing. Um, and the body keeps the score is a really good book recommendation for this that I'm actually going to be reading in these next few months. I've actually just ordered it. I did have one and I was kind of half reading it. Um, but it was a borrowed copy and I just want to like read it properly fresh for myself. So I'm going to be reading that one and i'll obviously relay any information i get from that to you guys because i'm really excited for that one and obviously, if you feel like you don't know how to move forward in these things on your own, then you'd want to see a healthcare professional who can really investigate this with you. And obviously, you know, yes, for the trauma stuff, but even just like physically, like if you're having gastro issues and stuff like that, you want to see a healthcare professional who can go through it with you. And I obviously always recommend a naturopath and, you know, your psychiatrist, those kind of people, because I know that the long the appointments are going to be longer and there's going to be a lot of. a a lot more of a deep dive into what's actually going on with you holistically. Um, And obviously you want to be able to work on these things so they can help you for the rest of your life. And you want to be working towards prevention and better diet, not just kind of working around the symptoms. Something I wanted to encourage you around quickly as well is if you feel like you have trauma and you can look at it and you can say, okay, yes, but that person did that thing to me and I shouldn't have to go to counseling because they messed me up and I understand that point of view and I've seen a lot of people with that point of view but you don't deserve to live with that trauma for the rest of your life. Like you don't deserve to live with it and it will genuinely affect your overall health. And it can be a choice for you to make for yourself, for you to heal it and to work on it. And I'm definitely still on a journey of healing, which I'll potentially you know, open up and make some episodes about that in the future. But everyone has some sort of journey of healing, really. I honestly believe that they're going through. And a lot of those deep, rooted traumas that we have are could be very potentially what's causing all of the issues that we complain about on a day-to-day basis and we might not even know it. So I definitely think it's something worth exploring and it's something I just wanted to mention in here um, just because I think it's definitely valuable and worth looking into. Another thing I wanted to share is if, you know, you've done all of this and you really want to optimize your gut health, one of the biggest studies done on this shows the most powerful prediction of a healthy gut is to have strong diversification in plant consumption. So eating as many different plants basically as possible. And this was even trumped in the study to those who simply said they were vegan, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, And something that's really important to a healthy gut is fiber, which I mentioned earlier, but your microbes love fiber. Like all the different foods that we eat are full of different fibers as well. And I think that's important to note when it comes to, um, diversification, but the bulk of your fiber intake can and should come from plants. And I feel like in school, I remember only being taught about like grains and bread. And when I think of fiber, I think of like, like fiber grain bars. Like, I feel like that's what I learned, but it's pretty far from the truth. So know that you can definitely get fiber, first of all, from plants and you can get a lot of it from plants. I also wanted to note that people who are consuming the average American diet are only really consuming about 15 to 18 grams of fiber per day, which is really not a lot because the recommended amount is 25 grams for women and 30 for men. So about 97% of Americans actually don't meet that mark, which is Obviously, a lot, a lot of people, and diversification isn't just for plants. Um, we want to see this in your whole diet. So, although some people genuinely should cut out gluten, for example, um, doesn't mean that gluten is bad. And. A lot of the time we are used to health looking like restriction in some form, but it really doesn't have to be. So let this be like a little bit of like a win for you listening to this is diversification actually means that you get to have more and you get to try different things and you don't have to eat like chicken, rice and green beans for the rest of your life because that is not health. So first of all, prebiotics are a form of dietary fiber. So it's food for the microbes. So regardless of what your microbiome looks like, your gut is going to like these. And you can eat prebiotic foods. Examples would be asparagus, banana, garlic, cocoa, flax seeds. There's more, but that's just, you know, a few. You can also take prebiotics in a supplement form. And then when we're talking about probiotics, probiotics is interesting because they are live microorganisms and they are something that we actually already have. So it's not something that you're adding. It's something that you already have and you're basically giving yourself more of it when you take it in a supplement form. What's interesting about that is that not everybody needs to take probiotics. If you are struggling with your gut health, it could be a good decision to take probiotics. But the thing with probiotics is that they are a generic formula and everyone has a microbiome different to anyone else. It's like your fingerprint. It's, it's all completely different. So it might not necessarily help you. Whether or not you want to take a probiotic in pill form, is up to you. And it's up to you to know whether or not it makes a difference as well, because that's something that you need to feel in your own body, like a doctor. And this is something that even, um, Dr. B talks about who I mentioned at the start of this episode, he can't tell you if it's going to help you or not. You have to take it and you have to find that out for yourself. What he recommends is when it comes to your gut health, first of all, look at diet and lifestyle. That is a big first of all. That is like a, there are so many pillars to that, but look at diet and lifestyle. Number two is add a prebiotic and number three is add a probiotic. It's honestly quite hard with topics like this because the science is constantly being reevaluated, and we're constantly getting new studies about this. And so I would say like my overall opinion on prebiotics and probiotics changes every so often. Um, but when it comes to prebiotics, I definitely see that it would be valuable to take a prebiotic. I currently don't take a prebiotic, but obviously um, you are technically taking prebiotics when you're eating the fibrous foods that you eat. So yes and no. And that's the whole thing with vitamins in general as well as there's huge debates around whether or not it's even worth your time to take um, an actual vitamin in a supplement form. I personally believe that if it is a supplement that is highly bioavailable to your body and that whatever company you're buying them from is really making you aware that that is something that they really care about then it's worth taking it if you think you need to supplement it in your lifestyle and in your diet but obviously a lot of the time getting these things we would like to get them in the first place through our diet and through the food we eat. But of course, it can be hard to get it all in. And so that's why I do personally supplement with vitamins. I don't currently take a prebiotic. I'm very interested in doing that. But I do currently take a probiotic. I have found that it has helped me and I really do think that it's helped my overall gut health. Um, I take one from Vitable. They're an Australian company. I actually have um, worked with them in the last little bit. So if you guys do want my code for them, it's Alyssa50. And I'll leave that in the description if you're interested in that. not going to talk about that forever, but I talk on my Instagram about them all the time. So feel free to read some of that. But I think that supplementing is really helpful for me personally. And I have noticed a lot of changes for me personally in my overall health since using vitamins. So I do recommend it. Um, But of course, this is something that is an ongoing debate and whatever you want to do when it comes to prebiotics, probiotics, um, using vitamins in general, and what you want to do to help your gut health, if you think those things are going to help you, that's totally up to you. And I think that it's really something that you need to kind of do your own research on and look into it and see if you think it's going to help you and ultimately try it. And that's actually something that Dr. B says as well, even when he talks about prebiotics and probiotics, he says, I'm, you know, I'm not going to know. So I want you to try it and tell me how it feels in your body. So that's honestly the only way that I can, I think by the end of this conversation, when it comes to prebiotics and probiotics, um, recommend it is if you haven't tried them before, you know, maybe try them and maybe it'll really help you when it comes to your gut health. For me, I started being really serious about taking probiotics when I came off of birth control because birth control is a great example of a pharmaceutical that is really bad on your gut health. So if you guys are currently on birth control, the birth control hormonal pill, obviously, um, please feel free to check out my podcast on that as well because I talk all about it there and I talk a little bit more um, about the other effects of birth control. Well, if you are curious about that, but guys, I think that's basically it. Like there, you know, this is a huge topic. And like I said, at the start of this podcast, it can be very confusing and there's a lot to look at when you look at gut health. But what I wanted you to get today was an overall understanding of this and an idea of like what you could do moving forward to help your gut health. So hopefully you have thought about a few things, maybe you've written some things down or you've thought to yourself, "Hmm, maybe I'll go buy a probiotic or maybe I'll look at this area of my life that I think could be better when it comes to my overall health. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate the constant support and you guys um, following on Spotify or sharing it on your Instagram stories like that has been amazing. I think that's so sweet. Also, if you want to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. I am so looking forward to all the future episodes. If you guys have any questions, you want to chat, follow me over on Instagram at Alyssa Taylor Harper, and that will be in the description for this episode as well. So you can just click through there. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys.